The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. For every $25 you bet in college basketball, WinBet is giving you the chance to win a trip to Las Vegas for March Madness and $1,000 in free WinBet credits. Download the WinBet app now or visit WYNNBet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head on over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. And also we're brought to you by Stable Duel. Stable Duel is a horse racing daily fantasy sports app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $15,000 with just one entry. Head on over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And speaking of apps, make sure to download the SGPN app. It's your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Download the SGPN app wherever it is you download apps. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, the Mighty Mighty Sports Gambling Podcast Network. That would be episode, we are up to episode 120. Uh, very nice number to make it to. Um, dedications. I I almost messed up, and the month of February is almost over, and I failed to uh, dedicate this um, an episode to, to this special month of February because everyone who follows UFC knows that February is Michael Chandler History Month, so this um, <laughs> this goes out to all the Michael Chandlers in the world, and uh, only the hardcores probably get that joke. But at least my co-host laughed. So uh, before I introduce Sam, let me introduce me. I I would be Jeff Fox, your host. Oh, I have a nickname. Let me think. I uh, I don't think I want to be fire fire fist anymore. Even though she did get ripped, I think she got ripped off enough last night. Um, so I'm going to, uh, give myself the nickname zombie girl. Cause that, that's fitting for me. Um, I'm Jeff zombie girl, Fox, uh, your host here. Thanks for listening. Hopefully you are listening to us on our dedicated feed, the MMA gambling podcast feed. If not, please make sure you subscribe there so you can get us in your ears. The second we drop the podcast before the numbers go crazy. I was hearing a bit in the SGPN Slack channel, um, which you also, also should get in if you haven't already that I guess a lot of the numbers were going, Hey, wire uh last night before the fight so it's uh it's always good especially with newcomers and stuff like that it's always good to uh to get our intel in your ears asap even though someone did tell me this morning that dan talked him out of picking a winning fighter last night so but we can talk about that in the future um because dan would be the co-host that i'm about to introduce um this is the man who i beat him every week in picks um so bad that he's he's been behind the scenes he's, he's been trying to call a truce on this uh he doesn't want me to uh, mention that i beat him every week but tough i'm far too immature and petty to call a truce on it um he's going to spin things to make it seem like he, he he was a true winner last night um he, he has one little specialty um that, that we'll get into and he's very very good at that um who would this man be that i'm speaking of it would be the man the myth the legend daniel gumby Vreeland. hello one little specialty is picking winners that, exactly. that we actually that we actually think people should bet on. <laughs> that is that, that's your little niche. Yeah, your 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 <laughs> niche was winning. Did you win? Did I did I do my calculations right? Did you win eighty seven cents this week? I do recommend. I did win eighty seven cents with my recommended place. It's better than losing, but yes. That is um, that is an all time great figure right there. Eighty seven cents. Uh, yeah, but, and you, I mean you haven't lost hmm. in like three weeks on those. Um. No, I don't think so. I haven't had I haven't had a losing week 
for picking just outright picking winners uh, yet this year. No, actually I actually had one week. I went five and six the second week of the year, and that was it. So um, I went seven and four yesterday night. Uh, lost some money though, but the main theme of this podcast and the reason why I lost money and only made eighty seven cents in my recommended plays is the judges taketh the judges no judges giveth the judges taketh away and. A lot of times, I have to admit, the past few weeks, the judges have given us some some questionable decisions, but they definitely take us last night, right? I, you know, I don't know. There, it's, I mean, we, we can get into talking about the two decisions in general that you're talking about, right? You're talking about Hobocop versus uh, Armin Petrosian yep. and G. Yon Kim yes. and Priscilla Cachuera. Um, Correct. I mean, like, we do you want to do you want to just break these two down now, and we'll skip them when we do the whole run through? Because this this is the story sure. of the night, right? Like nothing nothing else was really a story. We had a shitty co-main event with guys on a losing streak, and they managed to both look bad somehow. And exactly how? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the main yeah. event went exactly how main event went exactly how we planned it, or how we expected, and it did not teach us anything either yeah yeah and it wasn't and, necessarily and, entertaining either yeah and we'll, we'll talk about what what's the future for for islam that at that point too but like so let, let's talk about these decisions because i i actually don't disagree wholeheartedly with either of them on a like a large scale um i, I personally scored the two fights for rodriguez and cachoeira but i have no problem for people who scored them for kim and Petrosian, I just have a problem with the fact that, like, if if you scored it for Gregory Rodriguez, you ought to have scored it for Priscilla Cachoeira. Because the both of those two clearly did more damage than the other two and were clearly closer to actually finishing the fight. Um, I, I think there's no debate on that point that, like, at no point in time was Ji Yeon Kim or Armin Petrosian close to finishing either of those fights. However, if you think the damage that those other two did building up by outstriking their opponent regularly is worth more or was closer than actually the other guys coming close to finishing, that's fine. I don't think you're right about that. I think the damage of those two was more inflicting and in, in definitely, probably, definitely, probably, <laughs> definitely won them more rounds. But I would say that, like, I don't have a problem with either side of that, but I would say it's really frustrating to have a, you know, we, we both picked uh, Hobocop and to see him lose and be like, ah, crap. You know, like, it's weird that the judges saw the volume here as being more important because I, I didn't and, like, whatever. If you, if you did, you did. And then two fights later, who's you're face, like, uh, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but whose who's face would you rather uh, have after uh, after that fight? Would you rather look like uh, Armin Patrol's or would you rather – look like Gregory Rodriguez and would you rather look, look like <laughs> I, I mean I'd always or, rather, and feel excuse me feel like either of them yeah I mean I again like I, I think Robocop did the damage there right it but again yeah. it's hard to say the face damage thing too because I, I did see a couple of tweets out there where people posted the the picture of G on Kim and Priscilla Cachoeira in the hospital yeah. and they're like whose face would you rather have right now which by the way is a really great picture <laughs> Because it looks like there's a light growing out of the side of uh, Yi on Kim's head. It looks like she's been in some sort of industrial oh. accident. It's a, it's a very funny Very picture. cool. Um, <laughs> um, but that, that sometimes is a really weak argument because people's faces take damage in different 
different ways, right? Like, we've seen that time and time again, right? Like, you look at Nate Diaz the wrong way, and he bleeds. Or, like, if you remember Spencer Fisher, if you, like, sneezed in his direction, he had four cuts on his face. So, like, that that argument works to an extent, but, like, it doesn't work in the catch way to fight too, because right. Like you're like, whose face would you rather have at the end? I would way rather have Yiji on Kim's face at the end. She only had that, that cut over near, you know, her eyebrow or orbital or wherever it was. But at the end of the day, she did not do more damage to catch than catch did to her, especially in that third round. So, um, it's, so it's, it's just frustrating to, back to my original point to have like the judges be like, well, volume matters more and get a losing ticket on RoboCop. And then, Two fights later, you're yeah. like, well, I had the volume person this time, so at least it's coming back to me. And then it doesn't. Then they're like, then they're the damaged people. And it's like, well, I agree with the second decision more than the first decision, but it also, like, it just sucks that they, like, swung it the opposite of the way that I needed it. But we also have to remember this is broken down by um, by rounds. So do you think Catcher won round one? I don't even I do. What, I do, yeah. And it, she, she had a flurry at the end, right? Go, yeah, well, and if you go back and, and watch the broadcast of that, too, uh, all three of the the announcers, which not that they're really good at scoring fights, were like, oh, clearly, Cachoeira won that first round. Yi Jian Kim's going to have to do something different here, turn up the volume. And it seemed like everybody agreed on that. John Anik goes, and the numbers show that that's true. You know, the Vegas odds have got Priscilla Cachoeira at negative 300. She was an underdog coming into that round. So clearly, she won the first and then uh, somebody threw numbers in somebody's ear, you know, like I think it was Paul yeah. Felder, suddenly had the punch numbers, and their whole tune changed about who had won that first round. Um, yeah. And I wasn't watching super closely, but I remember thinking to myself that Cachoeira won the first round with damage. Um, and every single judge had it that way too. Now, granted, I will say I'm agreeing right now with – some of the worst judges that exist in mankind, right? Adelaide Bird is one of them, yep. and it was Sal another Diamato. one. And it's Sal Diamato. Um, and I don't remember who the third one was. Michael off the Bell. Typically not terrible. Yeah, typically not terrible. But typically not um, terrible. That's a, that's which, what you could you can name our episodes. All of our episodes could be named that. But We're but again, not terrible. So he's another guy. You know, go, going back to my original point, he's another guy who had scored the fight for uh, Armand Petrosian. So, like, he scored volume in that first round of Gregory Rodriguez versus Petrosian. In in the first round of Cachoeira, he clearly scored damage. And, and yes, there is a fine line where you could say, you know, they, they weren't mirror rounds of one another, but it felt like a mirror fight of one another. So... Yeah, I did say Cachoeira won the first, um, and she definitely won the third. Anybody who didn't give her the third, like I saw a couple of people threw up. I think I saw a media score who said had Ji Yeon Kim thirty twenty seven, and like that's even worse than scoring yeah, the fight funny. for Cachoeira because like who who the hell is scoring that third round for Ji Yeon Kim? Well, you and a writer from Sure Dog are alone on an island saying that uh, Cachoeira won that fight, Dan. So you're, you're in good company. <laughs> I did see that. I, I saw it. So in both in, in both of the in both of the split decisions, I saw the only person who scored it for Cachoeira was from yep. Sure Dog. And then if you look at the Petrosian Rodriguez yep. one too, two out of the four. Same guy. Uh, and it, it was yep. one of the same guys, but two out of the four people who scored it for uh, Petrosian were from there. Um, 
And, and you could go back and look at the media scores for uh, for Hernandez Altaramondo too, which we haven't gotten into. But that that one, I think, yeah, was a, that was such a coin flip. You could have fucking scored that any way you wanted to. Yeah. There was one idiot from Sherdog who yeah. scored that a draw, which is my personal favorite one, just because they decided not to give anybody. They gave oh, the rare lovely. ten, the rare ten ten round, which is it's never gonna happen. Just give up the dream. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Could you not say that uh, Hobo Cop had a ten eight round when you almost finished him? Almost finished him. Almost finished him. Almost finished him twice. Yeah, yeah. And, and with submissions Strikes too. And it was a submission. Yeah. Like, is that not a ten eight round? And he had a he had a rear naked choke and a cellular yeah. stretch uh, all in that one round. In you know, right, it's, right. It's just really yeah. That that one was kind of shocking because it seemed like you can't watch that fight and be like in two of those three rounds, Petrosian did more damage to to Roger. I just can't find it. So that one to me was egregious. The other one, even though uh, I I didn't uh, score it that way, I, I do. Or I didn't didn't pick it that way. Rather, I did score it that way. Well, Dan apparently likes eye gouger, eye gouging fighters. I forgot all about. No, that and I, I wanted, yeah, she's I the eye gouger. I wanted her cut. Yeah. And I think no, I, she never will be. I think this loss, especially after those first two rounds, which were kind of lackluster, but that wasn't a fun fight to watch in those first two rounds. No. I, I think in those first two rounds, uh, if, if that third round played out like that and she lost. She's cut, 100% cut, and I would have been thrilled because she's a scumbag. Um, but like at the same time, she came. Yep. She made that. She made that third round so exciting. She won a performance bonus. <laughs> I know. So she'll never. She'll never get cut now because she gets the crap beat out of her. She got a crap beat out of her by Shevchenko. She got a crap beat. Oh, the best part I, I think was she got her the crap beat out of her. One is questionable decision, and immediately got promoted in jujitsu, even though she didn't know jujitsu in the fight. Yeah, she got a blue the, belt. Do you see that? Do you remember who? <laughs> yeah. Do you remember who the other person? She got. I think it was a purple belt. She went from blue it to purple. To, okay. It, yeah, it happened to someone else too. Um, was it Bruno Silva? It, it, yes, it was. I think. Yep. And I think he got his black belt. If I'm not yeah. mistaken. It's like he, uh, had like he had like two takedowns stuffed and his back taken once, and he won a decision. <laughs> like, or when, got a got a KO or something like that, and got his black belt. <laughs> It's like in the olden days when uh, famously Vitor Belfort, after knocking someone out, would run around and yell jujitsu. Like jujitsu <laughs> made him uh, knock the person out with with strikes on the feet. But I, my personal my personal favorite promotion of all time was I was there when Randy Couture got his black belt after uh, taking down and submitting James Choney. Oh, <laughs> uh, fantastic! Awesome. Uh, how great is that? It was. That's just a, so that's just bizarre. a troll move before trolling yeah. was a thing. Yeah, I was like, I could have submitted. James Tony, like, <laughs> yeah, that was that was fun times, fun times. All right, maybe we'll stop complaining. Maybe we won't. Um, before we get into the rest of the card, let's tell you about WinBet. I haven't told you about them yet. WinBet has a massive college basketball contest. Grand prize winner will receive a reserved seating area, which is four seats, at the world-renowned Win Las Vegas Race and Sportsbook for the early round action of the college basketball tournament, which is Thursday, March seventeenth, and Friday, March eighteenth, as well as two rooms at Win Las Vegas for a two-night stay. In addition, they will be awarded with $1,000 in free bets on WinBet. Any WinBet patron that places a minimum $25 wager on college basketball during the promotional period will become eligible for the prize, and players can take advantage of the offer immediately. There's no limit to the number of entries that a patron can receive into the grand prize drawing. For example, if a patron wages $1,000 on college basketball during the promotional period, they will receive 40 entries. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. 
must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. So it's also WinBet if you don't know. W-Y-N-N-B-E-T.com. Also, IP Vantage. I wish some of those judges would vanish from last night. <laughs> Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. Your computer, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick and your streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. Go to ipvanish.com SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's ipvanish.com slash SGP. Okay, so the event we've been complaining about, of course, was UFC Fight Night, Makhachev versus uh, Nevada. Um, no attendance figures listed because they're, they're, actually the crowd was pretty loud last night for, for certain fighters, was it not? Yeah, there was, there was they a had their weird, favorites. Yeah, there was a weird amount of Bobby, pro Bobby Green chanting. Yep. <laughs> There was, um, and there, there, man, they the the UFC kind of turned it back with this event in their abilities to sell us a fighter. This felt like, do you remember back in the day that every single time GSP was about to fight, his challenger was like the most deadly person on earth, and like they made you fear. They really made you think. I, I don't know who it was for you. But for me, it was Tiago Alves. Like, yeah, yeah that's really, who I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah. they re- they really sold me that Tiago Alves like was the guy. And I, I remember thinking uh, that they were trying to do a similar thing with Josh Koscheck, but I just hated him so much that I didn't buy it. Um, and then again with like Dan Hardy, like yep, they, they Hardy. just kept selling us contenders like that. And it really felt like they were trying to sell us Bobby Green as had a legitimate chance in this fight. And I I was shocked by that because like, it shows that they still have the ability to sell us anybody at any time. Uh, yeah. But it was weird that this is the time they've chosen to bust that out. And maybe it's just that they knew Makachev needed a pat on the back after finishing this the way that he was going to. Yeah. Um, a lot of the degens in our Slack uh, channel were were uh, on the Bobby Green train, too, even though we kept telling them don't bother. <laughs> get, off, get off the screen. <laughs> exactly. They're degens and they need action and they need massive underdog action. So they they took it anyway, even though it was fight went down very clearly the way we expected to. Uh, Makashev got green down and then ended up punching him out. It was either that or, or submission. Um, I, I actually, I think I predicted green was going to last all five rounds, which he definitely did not. He lasted three minutes and 23 seconds. Really, <laughs> really, he. There's not much to break down here, is there? Really? Uh, not really. Like, again, and I said this, I, I I tried to drive this home so that our listeners didn't waste money on Bobby Green, but, like, 
he doesn't have good takedown defense. I don't know where that narrative came from. It's bad. It's been bad. He gets up well. Like, that's the thing. He's always been good at getting back to his feet. Um, and the problem is, is he's just up against a guy like Islam Makhachev who just holds people down exceptionally well. So, like, it's the worst kind of nightmare matchup for him. I, I guess the only thing to break down after this is, like, what do we do with Islam Makhachev? Because, like, they were saying after his last fight with Dan Hooker, like, okay, that's a good win, but a guy he was supposed to be on short notice – does that really get you a title shot? And what did he get immediately after that? A guy on short notice that he should have beat that's worse than Dan Hooker. Like, again, he, he's got such a remarkable run. But, like, it, it's weird because, like, it's a remarkable run but against nobody really of note. So, like, what do you do with him? Yeah, who who's the best person he's beaten during his so-called run? Well, actually not so-called. Called run. It has been a run. Um, has he probably Armand Sarukian ranked at, at the time? Uh, not at the time, but Armand yeah, Sarukian. Well, I mean, was, and, and Dan Hooker. Sarukian's debut time. too, was it not? Uh, okay, yeah. right, Dan Hooker. Yes, and I believe on short note. Yeah, yeah. So, but Sarukian so he, so, was like Sarukian was like twenty three years old then. He was that not his date? Yeah, it was his UFC debut. So I like you can hardly uh, chalk that one up. Um, revisionist history, yes, you can go back and say it's a massive win, but at the time it was not really. Yeah, well, and, and I would say so. The three straight wins he had before Bobby Green were all submission wins, and they were all over people who, if you told me they were ranked 15th at the time of the win, I would believe you. Is Drew Dover, yeah. Tiago Moises? I, I guess Dan Hooker was actually probably ranked much higher than that because he was he yeah. was coming off of those good fights with top ranked guys and stuff like that. So. Like, he beat three legitimately ranked guys, but again, nobody you would say is even close to the top five, right? And, right. and he's, he's cranking it up in terms of the way he's winning, right? Like, he's now going out and really trying to finish people, whereas, like, in that Davi Hamosh fight or that Armand Sarukian fight, like, he, he wasn't real close to finishing those guys, and that's fine. Like, it was early in this win streak. So, like, he's clearly going out and being like, well, I am fighting Bobby Green, so I better make it look like I fought Bobby Green. Um, but, yeah, I just don't – man, I, I it's an incredible win streak. So, like, how can you hold him back from a title? But at the same time, it just feels weird giving him a title shot off of a – dismantling of Bobby Green on 14 days notice like yeah like that's a that's a weird ticket to punch but it doesn't really sound like we we have to worry about it because someone has already called next after the uh, after Oliveira <laughs> you know who called next Dan who, yeah, who, got, who said him be, and his manager said it's got to be Conor McGregor is it not it is yeah of course and, it is. <laughs> they're very they're very true at what they're saying too like he can have a title shot anytime he wants and it's very true uh not agreeing with it but it's it's a true statement well and that and like I, I mean he's he's right about that in yep. no no win would would make it more like you you could book him in a number one contender fight and it would not sell better having him beat like Benil Dariush or Rafael Dos Anjos or something like like it it wouldn't it wouldn't do anything for me. Now here's a no. question too, as far as like what would actually be next because because while you know Connor could just punch that ticket 
whenever he wanted. I do think it's kind of unlikely at this point in time. Um, and it, you know, Gaethje Oliveira is booked. So what about if Rafael Dos Anjos or Rafael Fiziev, uh came out on Saturday, this upcoming Saturday, and just put on a masterful performance against the other one? Because it's automatically a better win than anybody that Makashev is beating. Yep. Uh, no, so if it true. was a one-sided beat, down, yeah, if it's a one-sided beatdown from Fiziev, you know, and, and Dos Anjos gets absolutely plastered in there, like now Fiziev is on a uh, pretty damn impressive win streak. He's won five straight as it he is. He yeah. has. Yeah, he would now have six straight as it is, and will have just beat the hell out of Fiel Dos Anjos. Now again, yeah. the, this is you know we're we're playing theoreticals, but like. In that theoretical situation, who's got the better recent resume? The guy with a, a recent stoppage of Dos Anjos or the guy with, you know, a recent stoppage of Bobby Green? I, I guess Dan yeah. Hooker is a better one. I, I should keep going back to Dan Hooker, but for some reason, yeah. it's the recency of the fact that he just beat Bobby Green up like 12 hours ago. That just makes me feel like, man, what a weird thing to have right before a title shot. So are you thinking he's going to be – this is the uh, – this is – the weight class to, to pass people over too. Um, you think he's going to be the modern day Tony Ferguson and get leapfrogged by someone and just keep winning and keep not getting his title shot. I don't see that happening, especially with, with Habib, uh, him being so close to Habib. I, I think he's got the power behind him to, to get himself, uh, to, to not get himself overlooked here. Yeah. I kind of agree with you on that. I, I think like, and Faziev doesn't have, like, some sort of amazing, like, rallying cry fan base behind him. Right, like, and in, in same with Dos Anjos. He used to be a champion. Yeah. He was, like, one of the most overlooked champs for a long time. Um, like, people forget he was the lightweight champ. Um, but, like, so I don't think either of them have, like, the pull. And plus, like, Makachev has that hype of being the next Habib. Um, not just that Habib is, like, his cheerleader in his corner for him, but, like, he, everybody is saying this is oh Habib is basically back and no oh, like this first of all I don't think he's as good as Habib was uh, I don't think that at all but like that hype is there so I think the UFC will probably try to cash in on that again it's just so weird um, do, we, it's gonna, do we have it's gonna come off a Bobby Green win <laughs> yes do we have oh maybe it will maybe it won't though do we have uh, Oliver Gaethje do we have that set yet I can't remember if I've seen an actual date and and everything for that fight. So hang on, let me get on it. Let me put get the intern. Let intern. me put the intern. Because, let me put the intern on it. <laughs> because he may not. Uh, it may be a little while before he gets a shot. Maybe. How long I, is uh, Darius out for? Do you know that answer or not? I think it's got to be like months oh, and months yeah. With, yeah, a, okay. with a broken fibula. Yeah, it is officially booked for oh, okay. May seventh. Okay, that's not that far off then. Yeah, he probably will be next then, more than likely. Yeah, but you know, whatever. He's eleven and one in the UFC, so what are you gonna do, Dan? I I mean, you're gonna give him a title shot, I think. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> not the end of the world. And there's nothing to say about Bobby Green because he didn't show us anything that we didn't already know about Bobby Green last night. And like I said, we didn't learn anything, and the fight wasn't particularly fun. It was over in three minutes, so blah blah blah. Uh, but, but we hit it right. Minus nine hundred. We made a big eleven eleven <laughs> on our hundred dollar bet there. Minus nine hundred. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got the next one wrong, Dan. This is the one that uh, someone told me that you talked him out of picking well, Wellington Herman. So good job, Dan. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think that person uh, has enough money and hit enough winners anyhow. But Wellington Herman, Armbard, Misha Sirkinov, very abruptly, uh, minute 29 into the second round. 
Um, you're the jiu-jitsu guy. Break down this fight, Dan. It was mostly a jiu-jitsu battle. So, so as somebody who picked Misha Serkinov and talked somebody out of picking Wellington Terman, would, <laughs> yes. would, <you>, would, <laughs> would you exit that fight and think to yourself, well, man, obviously the smart money was on Wellington Terman. No, uh, I think it's um, smart money is faking Serkinov if he gets right. another shot in the UFC. Right, and that might be the end result here, but, like, I did not walk out of that fight and think to myself, man, Serkinov is so much worse than Wellington Terman. What a dumb pick that was on my part going with Serkinov. Like, I'm glad I didn't pick him as a recommended play because it's Misha Serkinov and he seems to be uh, bent on, on screwing us up at this point in time. But, like, yeah. he was winning that fight he was winning that fight handedly uh you know he had his back taken at the very beginning but like Terman was never really close completely nope. turned the tides got himself to good positions landed some ground and pound and then just in the dumbest jujitsu 101 way got his arm bar um and it it's kind of a bummer that that dude didn't pan out the way that I thought he was going to yeah he he was such a bright prospect when he first stepped into the UFC and and then he had that big contract dispute where he kind of got cut because Dana White doesn't like when people push back, especially he was negotiating on his own too, which I'm sure that made Dana White mad. Um, also, so he got himself a nice fat contract and then what he's lost, what three straight now. So one fight out of what, what's his record over, let's say since Ozdemir knocked him out. One and two, one and three, two and three, two, four, two and five, two and six, two and six over the last five years. So um, could be the end of Misha Serkinov in the UFC. Yeah, I, I think it probably will be. Um, yeah. Like, like not, not for anything, but like he just doesn't seem to be putting too, too much together in terms of like a reason to keep him around. Right. Because like, no, he had bright moments. And like I said, I still think he's the better fighter out of those two right now. I'll probably fade Wellington Terman next time I see him in a fight. Um, but, like, he's not, like, you're not saying, like, oh, damn, his striking looked good. He just got caught. Or, oh, damn, what a beast on top. Or, like, he just looked like he was slightly better than the other bad guy in the cage that night. <laughs> yep. Wellington Terman is not exactly a world beater. Uh at all. Um, plus, I'm sure Dana White's not going to forget that at uh, one point, Serkinov tried to put him over the barrel in negotiations. So that, that's definitely not on his side either. So um, th this show is all about me firing people out, is it not? I'm, pre I'm pretty sure this is what this podcast is about. I always yeah. say what it's not about, but it, it, it's about <laughs> us, this us mostly me, saying, okay, that person's getting cut. This isn't a firing people podcast, is it? It is, though. <laughs> it is. Which brings us to fire. Oh, we already did the firefight. No, we didn't do the firefight fight yet. Yes, we did. That was the Cachoeira fight. Yeah, G. Sort, sort G of, kind King. of. Yeah. She kind of did. She, she lost a very close decision. Um, yeah, I don't know. Who, who freaking cares? But both of them have losing records in the UFC, so who cares? Um, that was a women's flyweight belt. Lightweight, Armin Sarukian looked like the real deal against Joel Alvarez, um, who actually made weight, which was, that's the big thing. He, he may not have won, but he made the lightweight limit, which is, could be frightening for people come people who are, or next up uh, for him, but he lost via TKO punches round two, minute 57 in. He, he, um, uh, so we can hit a gusher on him. That's for sure. Um, Alvarez was bleeding, uh, which 
that was one of the worst, most bloodiest fights that I've seen possibly in the UFC. Um, and that surely uh, contributed to the fight being stopped eventually in the second round after he kept taking punches and his eyes were full of blood and he could not see what he was doing. But yeah, Sarukian looked fantastic everywhere this fight took place. Yeah, and I, I will say, so I, I did pick Alvarez in this one. This is actually the only one we differed on. I went with the big underdog. But I, I'll say this. It was my my one concern, and I think I voiced this on, on Wednesday too. My one concern was that he gets too complacent with being on his back and is just willing to try to trade weird strikes and submissions from there. And he did it again, right? Like that that's exactly what he did. He got on his back against a guy who's good at wrestling and he like looked for a couple of submissions and threw like like weird hammer fist strikes off of his back instead of trying to get back up. Um and that will continue, I think, to cost him against ranked opponents. Like he's never gonna beat a guy like Gregor Gillespie or Armin Sarukian or, you know, any of those even somebody like Brad Riddell is gonna beat him because of that kind of style. And it's such a shame, too, because, like, if he did just get back to his feet, he usually is pretty damn good on the feet and good at looking for submissions when somebody shoots a takedown, so it would force more scrambles and stuff like that. It's just a shame that he, like, doesn't ever seem to try to do that crap. To be fair, he um, he couldn't really see what he was doing. Yeah, well, well, well. Once he, once he had taken that gusher, it was over. Yeah. They, they basically yeah. should have. I thought they should have called it in between rounds, but I guess the doctor yeah. was fine with it. So, you know, that's, I guess that's, that's cool. Good for them. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I think uh, at the end of the day here, this fight kind of went down like I worried it would. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. That That's why Dan got that one wrong. Oh, I forgot to say how we got the other two wrong. Uh, Serkinov fought Dom and seems to not really be worth backing in any fight going forward. Uh, the Kim one, we didn't really get wrong, so <laughs> moving on. <laughs> moving on. Um, the judges, why we got that one wrong. Uh, I got Saruki minus two, 120, uh, 225 on this, so I've hit two two wins, two losses here. This is this is the part of the card where we both took a hit. Dan is on a four-fight losing streak in this part of the card because we got the next one wrong, which we already broke down, basically. The opener of the main card, Armin Petrosian, Definitely, definitely is tough. That's for sure. Gregory Hodhigas, um, he's supposed to. He, in retrospect, it would have been nice if he did more jujitsu, but he should have won the fight regardless. His striking was on point. Um, I think we, we probably um, saw good things out of both men. And probably can look forward to to the next fights going forward. That they both seem to be pretty decent prospects for the middleweight class. Yeah, the only thing I will say is uh, Hodhigas. <laughs> You, oh, there you, you go. Say hot, hot um, <laughs> Rodriguez, uh, his fight IQ bothered me a little bit in this one. I don't normally harp yeah. on that, but like you're you're really good at jujitsu. Like he did those yep. uh, those Quinet uh, competitions. They don't call it Quinet anymore because they the UFC just stole their concept and now it's called Fight Pass Team Invitational or some shit like that. Um, but he did one of those like grappling competitions in his. He is damn good at grappling. He's very, very, very good on the mat, and he decided to kickbox with a kickbox. Yep. Um, yep. Which is just such a weird. It's such a weird choice because, like, and we saw the end of this. Yeah. Well, it, it, it seemed like he was winning it, so yep. maybe that's why he kept doing it. But like, 
He yeah. had a mild advantage in the feet, if one at all, and he had a massive one when he hit the mat, right? Like, yeah. Petrosian wanted no part of being on the mat with that man. He took him down at the end of the second round, and you were like, oh, dude, why, is he, why hasn't he been doing this the whole time? And then he dominated him on the mat in the third. Yeah, weird, weird, weird spot for me. Um, but, like, yeah, what you said is correct. Both of them do seemingly have a, a fairly bright future at middleweight, if uh, Hadhiguez, uh fixes his fight IQ a little bit and Petrosian yeah. uh, gets a little bit better at takedown defense, because I do think, despite there not being a ton of wrestlers at middleweight, there are plenty yeah. of people who would expose that pretty quick. Like, like even somebody like Kelvin Gastelum, I think, would have just taken him down immediately. Yeah, which concluded a not very profitable main card for us. I only hit two. Um, lost two because of judges, lost one because of Misha Sirkinov. Dan, what do you hit one? Because <laughs> uh, of Misha Sirkinov. <laughs> because Yikes. of Misha. Yeah, that was, yes, it was not, it was not a good main card. The well, prelims, no. on the other hand. Prelims, yes, which we will get to in a second after I tell you about Stable Duel. There are never enough things to gamble on, and the one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. Best part is now there's a new way to play the ponies, especially if you're brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy-style app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $15,000 with one entry. Don't know anything about horses? Not to worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly at tracks all over the United States. Get in the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against our stables. You can even follow them in the app, and we can compare our own stats. Download now at StableDuel.com and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner's circle. Play, race, win. Plus, we're brought to you by Prop Swap, where America buys and sells sports bets. March Madness is around the corner, and Prop Swap is your place to cash in on the big dance. Every season, Prop Swappers make thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college basketball teams. Now, now, right now, is the time to find those Cinderella's while the odds are high. So get, get to your sports book, buy a handful of tickets, and list them on PropSwap. Remember, only one team needs to make a run, and that ticket will pay for the rest. PropSwap has thousands of buyers across countries, so you always find the best odds and collect the most money for your bets. Hurry and download the free PropSwap app today. PropSwap has fantastic features like filtering t- listed tickets based on the best value, free activity feed to stay in the know with all the big sales and red-hot tickets for sale, a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash and a first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will match your deposit up to 500 bucks. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap where America buys and sells sports bets. And finally, don't forget to download our app. The SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play. It gives you easy access to all our picks, all our podcasts, all our giveaways, all the good stuff. So download the app, throw us an app review, and all will be well in the world. All was well in the prelim part of the world for us. Normally this is where, or actually last year, this is where we we uh, rescued our disastrous um, start of the year. We we were killing it in prelims uh, the, what, last two-thirds of the year? Half a year, probably? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. I, Thank you for the for the <laughs> feedback. That's great. Oh, I, That's why I, the answer I, <laughs> It's you true. were like two two thirds of the year. I was like, oh yeah, that seems Maybe like a, a half, <laughs> half of a year. Yeah, eighth. No one's gonna check. Back. <laughs> no one's gonna go back and listen to find out. So who cares? All right. The the main event of the prelims was a catchweight fight because Rong Zhu is a cheater and came in four pounds overweight, and he came with pink hair. And I I just don't like this guy. 
he, he, he rubs me the wrong way. Just the, the way he the, acts in the cage. And... The, the head shakes at the leg kicks. Dude, like, yes. your, your legs are getting torched. You changed your stance. Like, they're clearly hurting you. Yep. <laughs> yep. And, like, the announcer, I don't know if it's Felder or who, whoever it was, says, you're uh, you're basically broadcasting to all the judges that you're being hit because you shake your head no every time you get hit with, with something from the guy. So, um. I was waiting for this to go to a decision and, and uh, Zoo to be um, apoplectic that he didn't win because I, I figured he, he thought he was winning that fight probably. But regardless, uh, Bahamones looked fantastic in this fight. Won via a Bravo choke, which you don't see every day. Have you ever won via a Bravo choke, Dan? No, but that's it. that's like a fancy word for an anaconda choke. Um, Have you ever done that in, in practice? Yes, lots of times. My arms are very long, so I'm, that, that's one of the few submissions from the top that I'm good at. <laughs> there you go. So it was three uh, round three, minute 40 in. Uh, takeaways, uh, Bahamondas could be uh, someone to look out for in, at lightweight. He, he looked very good. Yeah, I love that he has had – his last two fights, he has had the decision in the bag in the third, and rather than just rest up. And that yep. he looks like he's even more pressed for a finish. Like he looks like he's the one down two rounds, not his opponent. Um, he did that two times in a row because he did that to Roosevelt Roberts before he hit him with a spinning foot to the the dome, which was a uh, uh, hell of a knockout. And and now he did it with a submission. So yeah, he looks really good. I will say, you know, like when we saw somebody who could match his striking, which he, you know, not for anything, they gave him a really tough debut. But when he got that debut with with John McDessey, he does seemingly have some room to grow as far as, like, when he faces another talented striker. I just think in the last two fights, he's, he has got no signs of, of facing another talented striker. Both, both the guys have seen kind of shitty uh, on the feet because Rongzu didn't look good here and, and Roosevelt Roberts didn't look good in the last one. No. So... Only 24 years old, and he is, what, two on the UFC, 13 and four overall. Um, yeah, could see a bright future for him. He hasn't really, like Dan said, he hasn't really faced a massive uh, um, step-up competition, which is probably good because he is young still in, in his career and in, in age. So interested to see um, to see him going forward. Plus, he's six, a six-foot-three lightweight, which is always interesting to see uh, happen. Um, women's featherweight fight. Uh, Josie Nunes beat Ramona Pasquale. Would have... Um, would have been be a knockout if Pasquale wasn't so tough, but it was 30-27, 30-27, Looked like we were a different weight classes. Pasquale was definitely a uh, lightweight, um, and Newton's definitely a bantamweight. But, um, yeah, I don't know if there's really much to say about this. I don't know if Pasquale is UFC caliber, but Newton's definitely is. Yeah, Newton's is interesting. and Yeah, it, the, my biggest issue with Pasquale is, is like I said on our pre-fight show, like, I, I just don't know necessarily that she, like, is fast enough to deal with a lot of these women's yeah. bantamweights and, and women's bantamweight isn't a real fast division. And she just kind of gets hit a lot. Um, she sure did. Which is, I, I think I even said to fade her in the Invicta fight before they, they changed her opponent on us, uh, like at the last second. And then she wound up winning, uh, but she won against a, a woman who was two and oh and, and hadn't fought in forever. So, uh, yeah, like, I, I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not super big on her, but her durability is going to get her another fight. That's for sure. Do you think she can make 35? She seemed like she was a big 45. Yeah, no, I, I doubt. I doubt it. She's pretty uh, thick down low, so uh, who knows? I don't know. 
Um, maybe she, maybe she can, maybe is she can't. Is that, is that going to be the, is that going to be the name, name of the episode? <laughs> I have pretty, so many, uh, so many names though. No. Pretty, pretty just thick. Take it away. Pretty thick down <laughs> low. Thick down low could be very good. I have so many titles. Uh, it's a plethora of uh, of titles in this episode. Um, so anyhow, we hit Nunes minus 200. We also hit Bahama minus 230. Uh, I forgot to mention that. We also hit our underdog, Terrence McKinney, plus 110. Did not look like an underdog uh, last night. Took Ferris Zayam down right away. Rear naked choke, 211 in. McKinney might actually be the real deal here, Dan. Yeah, and I said this. I don't mean to keep saying this is what I said. Um, but like this is what I said uh, when we talked about him prior um, was that he, which by the way was one of my recommended plays, um, he has a really good wrestling base. So he's fighting a kickboxer. I was like, if he just takes him down, he's going to win this fight. However, I th- thought he could win it standing too. So like, why would you pick a, not pick a guy at plus one ten? who has a massive wrestling advantage and probably is is has an advantage elsewhere too. I don't know what the bookies were doing lining this one with McKinney as a dog. Like is it just like like what part of McKinney's fight so far made him look like a dog? Was it just that they were quick? Yeah, maybe. Uh is he going to be a dog going forward now though? That's the thing. Probably probably not. That, Depends, that's probably the last time you're going to catch him as a dog unless they give him a massive step up, which, hey, they might give him a massive step up. The dude seemingly, for better or worse, talks a lot on social media. Um, it does seem to turn a couple of fans off, and he said some somewhat questionable things about the entire country of Algeria, um, which wasn't uh, particularly great. Uh, but, like, he does a lot of talking on social media. He engages with fans really well he's got two really fast finishes the UFC might just feed him to a massive name at lightweight or somebody you know the, somebody like Drew Dober or somebody like Brad Riddell or something like that like he's he might be in line for one of those names plus he has a fantastic uh, internet connection when he was on Dan's podcast last week too sounded like he was right in the room sitting in your lap Dan so so, so by so by the way that that means there's definitely no Top Turtle Podcast curse because I believe oh, that of course not. I believe that's three guests in a row who have all had massive wins. So, so we should pick Dustin Jacoby coming up then, right? Yeah, Dustin, all the money on Dustin him. Jacoby uh, is it was on the show last week, uh, and then I'll have two more on the show this week. <laughs> there you go. Uh, we hit Jonathan Martinez beating Alejandro Perez. This was a very good fight. Twenty nine, twenty eight, twenty nine, twenty eight, thirty twenty seven. Perez would just have, like, blitzes in the last, like, 10 seconds of each round, it seemed. Um, but Martinez looked very good. We had him at minus 240. Any thoughts on that one? Were you worried at any point in time that those blitzes were going to sway a judge? Yep. Okay, good. I wanted to make sure that that wasn't just me. Because as I was watching it, I was like, for the love of God, don't score that round for him. He mostly just punched the outside of, of Jonathan Martinez's arms, and he did so for eight seconds. You can't let an entire round of getting picked apart go away for that blitz. Um, but I was terrified that a judge would. So uh, I was glad they got it right at the end. Um, clearly, it, it was – I will also say this. Really weird on Perez's part that he didn't come forward with those blitzes for longer periods of time. And maybe he was worried about his cardio or something. But, like, he had he, he had success or at least looked like he was having success in those flurries. Yeah, he must not listen to heavy hands, and he must not know you have to come forward at all times. Right? <laughs> That's right. Guy who comes forward wins fights. 
coming forward. Um, but anyhow, yes, Jonathan, exactly. Jonathan Martinez looked good though, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like as good as I expected him to. Yep. As did the next man, Ramiz Brahamaj, welterweight, short notice, stepped in the short notice, but yet we still had him um, pegged to beat Michael Gilmore, probably via submission. That's what happened. Rooney choked 202 into the round. First round, that would be minus 350 on that one we got. Yeah, not 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 too much to say about that one either. Went the went the way yeah. I thought it would. <laughs> and then the opener we we whiffed on, but it was a very close fight. Uh, pretty pretty yeah, exciting fight. Lots of action. Um, Carlos Hernandez won via split decision, 28-29, 30-27, Another one of those wacky scorecards. Um, MMA decisions. Most people are on our side for uh, Ultra Morano, but um, both guys look pretty good. We whiffed on the plus one hundred dog here. The fight pretty much went down exactly how how the line. Uh, had it had it pegged up. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, there was one more thing I wanted to say about Ramiz now that I think about it. Yeah. We, we we did both have him by submission as a recommended oh, yes. play. It's coming up. That was Don't plus one, worry. That, that was plus 100 again. Yeah. What are you guys thinking? <laughs> yeah, no. like, how is that it, plus 100? Um, it, it wasn't but, by fight time. It was it was in the negatives. It was minus 125, I think, or something, because I did an article still, the day before. But still. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep. All right, anyway, back to uh, Hernandez-Altermondo. I actually scored it for Hernandez. I don't think the judges okay. got that one wrong. Um, yeah, no, it wasn't a robbery by any means. Yeah, it, it was pretty much a coin flip in every single round. Um, like, I, I watched the first round and scored it for Hernandez and then saw a bunch of people on Twitter say that Altermondo won it, and I was like, oh, well, that's good, maybe, because I maybe I'm wrong. But that, that fight was just one that was, like, really hard to score in any way, shape, or form, and whatever came out of it, was the right call. There you go. No, it wasn't the right call, Dan, because we lost. So it was the right <laughs> call. But anyhow, a um, lot of wins, but I didn't hit enough underdogs to make money. I ended up losing about 71 bucks on, if I bet 100 bucks in every fight on the card, which only a crazy degenerate listens to this podcast would do. So I went 7 to 4. Like I said, I lost 71 bucks. Dan went 6 and 5, lost about 215. On the year, I'm at 68%. So despite going 7 to 4, I dropped a percent. I dropped, that's how good I'm doing this year. I dropped from 69 to 68%. And Dan is up to 56%, um, moving towards that 60% rate. I think you can get there. Um, recommended plays, as Dan mentioned, he went 3 and 0. He hit uh, Bahamondes, uh, just winning outright. He hit Bahamaj via submission. He, he, he hit McKinney winning uh, outright. So he won. Off of three bets, he ended up betting 70 bucks because uh, Jin Yu Fry, sadly, her fight fell through. So um, the money we had pegged on that one uh, did not end up getting bet. So he bet 70 bucks, won 55.04. Um, on the year, he's smoking it, recommended plays. He is 74%. That's insane. On his recommended picks and 39% return on investment. Holy moly, Dan. It's not, Holy it's moly. not bad. It's not bad. <laughs> not bad at all. Um, I also had Fry, so I, uh, that bet didn't come through. I went 2-1. and one. I lost in the Kim fight, but I didn't really lose that. Uh, and then I had Brahamash via submission, Bahamondes, uh outright winning. So I won 87 cents, as Dan said, but it's better than, <laughs> better than losing. So on, on the year, I'm at 56%, which is not very good for me. I expect more, and I'm up uh, 7% ROI, return on investment. So still, we're, we're killing it nonetheless. I'm up money on both ends and Dan um he's going to turn around his overall picks aren't you Dan 
I'm gonna I'm gonna or, do my best. I hover around sixty percent. I'm comfortable with underdogs. I take fifty six percent is not sixty percent, Dan. It's, we, it's we gotta right get you higher. It's right around sixty. It's true. <laughs> if you're rounding up, it's true. As for the bonuses last night, Katarina Kim won fight of the night. There was a lot of um, contenders for fight of the night last night. A lot of different fights could have, could have won that fight. Uh, Petrosian Hod Hodhiges. Um, the opener was pretty good. Hernandez Altamirano. Not a lot of damage though. Um, there was another fight I thought was just was just the third round of Jonathan Martinez yep. versus Alejandro Perez. Just the third yep. round. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow. Was, oh, Nunes. Nunes Pascual yeah. was good. Yeah. It was one sided, but good. good. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then um, Armin Sarukian won performance of the night, and so did Wellington Terman. Um, and that concludes that fight card. Um, some interesting prospects, but prospects that are probably like multiple fights away from even like sniffing the the rankings right yeah i um when i went to go update my rankings which i usually do on sunday mornings uh it was like the least eventful changing of anything ever yeah. i because it was like makashev does makashev really go up at all beating bobby green no yeah, not really not from where no. i had him and then sarukian I, I think i moved him up one spot uh from where i had previously had him ranked with the win over Joel Alvarez, it's not that he's like, you know, it wasn't an impressive performance, but like he, he's a ranked 13th and he beat an unranked guy. And like, does he move ahead of guys like Dan Hooker and Greg, Gregor Gillespie with that win? Probably not. So uh, yeah, like it was, it was just like no movement and then nobody else was even worth putting on there. Nope. Very true. Um, yeah, so that concludes that card. We have a pay-per-view coming up next week, or this week, depending on when you listen to this. Um, Covington versus Masvidal. Did you hear that they used to be friends, Dan, and now they hate each other? Did you know oh that? Oh, my God. It's such a <laughs> – dude, this – the, the way it's they're – fake, tra- too. That's the thing about it. It's, the whole thing's probably – It's probably 100% fake. It's 1,000% yeah. fake. Yeah, and it's it's like the way they're trying to sell this – got to kind of appreciate it to an extent because, like – there are casuals out here buying this, right? Buying this rivalry yep. and thinking it makes the whole fight card exciting. Like, clearly, they wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't going to work. Um, and I, I think they've convinced enough people. But, like, it, it's such like a – it's such a shitty fight. <laughs> it's not even yeah. a good fight. <laughs> like, yeah. and, and, and I mean no offense to Hori Masvidal, and I don't mean to tip my hand for what I'm going to pick, but, like – Oh, everyone for- listen. Jorge Masvidal got really badly outgrappled a couple of times, and mm-hmm. now he's going to fight a guy who's very dude. Demi and Maya, re- semi recently, badly outgrappled Jorge Masvidal, in, yeah, and like avoided the strikes. You you mean to tell me you don't think Colby Covington is going to avoid those same strikes, and his wrestling isn't better than Demi and Maya's? Yeah. Like, dude, this, we're gonna twenty five minutes of of uh Covington on top is what we're gonna get. Yeah, and, and then you're gonna get like trash talk later about how oh, like, I won chicken- really well and then he was like chicken shit to stand with him. Like yeah, he doesn't he need to on top stand- of me. It's not it's not a boxing match, dude. Like yep. w- would Mosvidal yep. win a boxing match? Sure. But like also we're not paying to watch that. Um there. You don't have to you don't have to watch it now. We told you who's gonna win, how he's gonna win, and how the loser's gonna react after the fact, right? Yeah, I, I, I do have this one question surrounding the fight, and it's the only thing that maybe gives me hesitation to pick. 
Colby Covington is, do you think there's any chance he goes in and tries to show he's a better striker to like get himself another title shot? Like that's I don't the know thing. If he's, he, I don't know if he's brave enough to do that. He doesn't really seem to be. Um, that's true. He's kind of <laughs> kind of a coward. Yes, yes. <laughs> he is kind of a coward. Um, but but yeah, no that 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 is something. Obviously, it. I don't think so. You would hope not, but that's you know, it's it's a valid point that you brought up. But yeah, he doesn't seem to have the makeup of of a guy who wants to stand a bang, bro. Just just bleed, bro. He doesn't really seem yep. like that type, right? Can we can we contemplate kind of a coward as an episode title at some point too? <laughs> yes, for sure. Man, there's so many, eh? Well, maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. that'll be maybe that'll be Wednesdays. Maybe we'll save Wednesday. Can be kind of a coward. <laughs> We'll have to wait and see. It has to be said in the podcast, though, Dan. That's the thing. I'll, I'll, ju- I'll, make, I'll make sure I say it. It can't be forced. Uh, <laughs> I already have judges taketh away, typically not terrible, and thick down low. Like, I don't know how I'm going to choose. Um, <laughs> thick but, down but, low. By the time you're listening to this, everyone. Down low. <laughs> yeah, but by the time you're listening to this, you will know what I chose. So we got Company Masterwell. We got RDA Fizia. We already actually gave this, gave you the rundown last Last episode to to tell you how horrible a fight card it is. Barboza, Mitchell, Holland, Oliveira, Smivak, Hardy. That's your. That's what you have to pay for, pay for. Are people going to pay for that, Dan? Uh, I don't know. I think so. Right. Yeah, like like I, I I I would say this like the the people who love MMA and love the UFC and buy every pay per view anyway, you already have their money. Those people are not going to like boycott a card. They yeah, just don't. There's like a large foundation of people who just don't do that. And then in addition to that, you have to remember who who you're trying to draw in with casual fans. Yeah. Casual fans love Jorge Masvidal. They love that dude. He would sell pay-per-views if he was fighting you. Um, so I think this one sells surprisingly. You know I would beat him though, right, if I fought him? I'm so I do. Big, I would destroy him. Well, and well, whose argument was that in the SGPN Slack when they said that you would win a fight because you're taller yes, than me? Bigger. Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember, but fools, all of them. All right, what what uh, fight on the prelims are you most excited about before we we put out? Marina one? Rodriguez, Yan Shan on. Yeah, yep, hundred yep, percent. Sure. Did you watch? Bell- mm, go ahead. And also, if they get Manon Firo a replacement fight, because that's oh, oh yeah, that's right. She's supposed still to be a nice. huge bummer for me that like she was supposed to fight. Jessica I in one of the rare times the UFC booked a women's flyweight fight where an up-and-comer fights one of the stalwarts of the division. They finally yeah. booked it properly, uh, and it fell through. So hopefully Manal Firo yeah. gets a fight. Hopefully it's not against somebody who I like. Um, you know, like I don't want to see, like, Aaron Blanchfield step into that one or something. I think she just stepped into a different fight. So um, somebody like that I don't want to see step into this fight. Um you know, I wish you could get somebody the same level as like a Roxanne Modafari to take this fight, but uh, obviously Roxy is happily retired. Um, but yeah, hopefully she gets the fight too. Did you watch Bellator on Friday? I did not. Uh, I did. I did. We'll, we'll the, break down Bellator. I did catch the replay of uh, Gigard Musasi beating the hell out of yep. uh, <laughs> Mr. Austin Van Zandt. Yeah, but um. You know, it's it's funny. Actually, somebody asked me before the fight if I was giving uh, Vanderford any chance, and I was like, yeah, kind of. Yeah, he's like a really strong up-and-comer with an undefeated record. Why wouldn't I give him a chance? And then Gengard Musasi continuously reminds me that he his, his 
really freaking good. Like, I keep forgetting how good he is. What is it about Gegard Mousasi that makes us forget that that dude's one of the, probably one of the five to ten best middleweights of all time? Well, he, he did tell haters like you to suck it before, Dan. Famously, so <laughs> you obviously didn't pay attention to that. I saw that clip again yesterday. It's fantastic. Uh, him him on the MMA hour. You remember that? I the do remember one? that, yeah. He, he has a long one. I, you get in line, that, yeah. That was still uh, back when I watched the, the MMA yeah. hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I got that out of my life, uh, so to speak, instead of into my life also. Um, so, Musasi, TKO advantage for it. Minute 25 in. Sinead Kavanaugh in the battle of the uh, Irish lasses uh, beat Liam McCourt. A unanimous decision. That's pretty much the two fights that are worth uh, noting there. Um, I saw someone got their eye messed up really bad in, what was that, PFL Contenders? So I'm sure you got a picture of that on your phone, right? I didn't get a picture of it on my phone because um, typically I would I would be watching it live if I was doing that, yeah. and I, I'm not going to watch. Uh, that That PFL Challenger series just seems Challenger, awful. Yeah. It, it seems awful. <laughs> um, I, they're, they're like really I, I don't watch it, so I would fight. not know, but. Yeah, they're like really poorly booked fights. Yeah. Like the odds are all like negative seven thousand. It, it looks like a Bellator undercard, basically. Um, only like one oh side God. of it is like an actually good fighter. Uh, it's it's really weird. Yuck. Um, P- uh, LFA that was on too. Did you watch LFA, Dan? Um. Oh yes, I did watch LFA. I watched two of the fights. I watched uh because I threw a small parlay down on two fighters who I was fading, um, and it, it cashed, which is really nice. Um, I hate I that. Wa- Very nice. Yeah, I was a hate that. It, not even a hate that because I don't really hate both of these women, but um, I I do think they consistently keep showing up on, like, really good cards and don't really show me very much. Um, I was fading Hillary Rose, who was on Contender Series and didn't look great there, and I've seen in CES and wasn't really impressed. Um, and then Loveth Young, I, I faded too. And she got knee barred in like no time uh, after one of the most blatant fence grabs I've ever seen in my whole life. She oh, grabbed it with she grab. grabbed it with two hands uh, as somebody grabbed her, um, which was phenomenal. Um, so, yeah, both of them lost pretty handedly. Ashley Nichols and um, why am I forgetting the girl in the main event? But like a really good jujitsu black belt. Uh, picking up wins and cashing a, a nice little two-to-one parlay. Cash and checks. Picking up wins, cash and checks. That's what this podcast is all about. All right. Uh, anything else of note? I, I think yeah. we put it to bed, right? Yes, I, I'm going to give you one small – I'm going to I'm gonna flip the script on you here. Okay. Uh, best fight odds just listed odds for Islam Makashev versus Charles Oliveira. Ooh. Do you, do you want to guess the line on Islam Makashev versus Charles Oliveira? Oliveira minus 130. How about Makashev minus 300? <laughs> Come on. I'm dead serious. <laughs> All right. Everyone get in on that. Get go in on bet, that. Go bet Oliveira today. Right. Plus, plus 250 on the return for Oliveira right now. Charles Oliveira is not Bobby Green, everyone. Yeah, that's better that's, on the feet and on the ground. That's, that's really helpful to know that those two are different <sighs> people. Boy, because <laughs> apparently, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Maybe yep. we're – when I see stuff like that, I just second-guess myself. Like, okay, I'm, I'm, miss, <laughs> I'm missing something here then, obviously, right? Yes. But yes. You're, that's, that's I am, we are missing something? What are we <laughs> that's, missing? That's clearly it. <laughs> yeah. We're both missing something? I don't know. Someone tell us what we're missing. Jeff Fox, writer on Twitter. He's going to be reeling on Twitter or in the Slack, SGP and Slack. Um, tell us what we're missing. Um, 
listen to Dan's podcast, Prelim Primer, and Top Turtle, MMA, read our stuff, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, and obviously go to my MMA manifesto is no more. Don't support that anymore. Go to, what's it called? MoneyMMA.substack uh, or just uh, Google Money MMA, and that is my new newsletter slash website that you can sign up for. Um, there's free stuff on there and there's also a paywall because there's no ads or anything like that. So I can basically write about what I want to write about and I don't have to worry about getting sponsors or advertisers or anything like that. So still have the pick em contest, still have all the fighter payouts, um, all that, all that good stuff. Um, I'm rolling out new things all, all the time, gambling guides, all that type of stuff. So we'll go over there and have a special introductory offer on right now. So you get a year for 40 bucks. So that's nothing. That's, you guys give your bookie way more than that in on stupid bets on Bobby Green every week. So um, <laughs> check that out. Um, you want to take us home, or do you have anything else you, you want to tell our lovely people, or you just want to put it to bed, Dan? I, I think we could probably put it to bed now. Um, let's see. I'm, I, I wanted to make sure I had a nickname okay. on. on I'm okay. Girl, remember? I, um. <laughs> Um, no, we're going to go with Old Faithful. I'm Dan Gubby Freeland. He is the Hobo Cop, Jeff Fox, and we will catch you on Wednesday.